Welcome in. This is Chad with this Palmetto. This is Larry for the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> just want to make sure. We are here. It's Friday. It's a wonderful day. Dawn is joining us. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning. And this is Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. That's right. So uh, <laughs> we are all here live this morning on this Friday. And uh, we've got good information for you on this brand new week. Um, real estate is still happening. People are still buying and selling properties yeah. um, all over the place. So, And, uh, and it's Friday. And it's you know, Friday. And people keep saying, is it a good time to buy with the real estate market slowing down? I'm like, it's not slowing down. It's just normalizing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, if it it's slowing slowed. down, Chad and I stole three listings, and three <laughs> houses this week. They want us to list them, put them on the market. Right. And this is this is what I wanted to mention as we begin the show today. And, and before I forget, make sure you're, if, if you're listening, you can go to palmettorealestatepros.com to get uh, the previous episodes on our podcast or, or listen live um, all out now or previous episodes. So um, it's it may be anecdotal. Right. But just as far as we're seeing, we are getting a ton of people calling us saying, hey, I want to sell my house. I want to sell my house quick. I'm ready to sell my house. So, and it's odd because we have also had on the other side of that people say that, and then we get out there and there's a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. So we're seeing both sides of it. You know, some people kind of holding back and then, but a lot of people saying, Hey, I think it's time for me to sell my house. Maybe part of that is the market is kind of causing people to say, Hey, if I'm going to sell, I need to go ahead and do it now rather than if there's a crash which we've talked about that on many episodes, we don't foresee a crash, but we do see, as you said, Dawn, a slowing down, a normalization, really. But it feels like... I like that, Chad. It feels like it's, you know, so unnormal, but it's really normal because we've, we've had a new normal with houses being, you know, just multiple offers on every single house, craziness. We still have some of that, but it's becoming, uh, you know, normalized a little bit because interest rates are... Are climbing, I, and I don't think the interest rates where they're at is is what's crazy. Is how quickly they've gone up. It's just kind of a shock to the system. Yeah, and, and they're not extraordinarily high either. No, uh, they're like 2017, 2018 levels. I right. mean, they're normal in our lifetime. They're normal for the last decade. They're normal since like 2014. So, you know, yeah, so eight years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, up until about, tw up until about March 2022, when our, or I'm sorry, 2020, when the country shut down, and then suddenly they go down to near zero. I mean, it's, it's crazy that it, that's, it, this has been the normal, and what we experienced in COVID, just like everything else in COVID, was like nothing we'd ever seen in, you know, most of our lifetime before. Those rates were like 1942 rates, right. so like so, my mom might have seen them, but she had just been born, you know? Right, right. So <laughs> She wasn't buying a house. <laughs> and just to kind of, uh, as, a, uh, as we begin to talk about these things, that we just received some information from the South Carolina Realtor Association. I thought it's good information. It's from July, so you, you just have to remember anytime you see something on the news, it's already old. Because the, the, the indicators, the, the data they're using is 
pulled from the month before, sometimes a quarter before. So it depends on where they're getting it. It could be very old, but this is something that we just got. So at the time of year when when uh, we usually see house prices really strong and homeownership, you know, being really strong right now, we're seeing a, a decline, I guess, from what we normally expect because of interest rates. And co- so uh, new listings were down 7.9%. Now, this is statewide to 11,981. That's crazy. I mean, that's not that's low. For a whole state to only have 11,000, 12,000 new listings, pending sales decreased 22%. Inventory grew 36%. So this is good for a buyer. You have some more inventory. You've got two choices now. Right. So the inventory is 18,000 units. That's still not a lot. I mean, 18,000 over a state of 4 million or 5 million, however many we have now. Prices moved higher as median prices are up 17%. Consider that. So last year you bought a house. This year it's up 17%. That's pretty good um, if you if wow. you just bought a house. That's great. Yeah, 17.6%. Great. So days on market decreased. Now, this sounds like when you say, okay, days on market decreased, you would think it would increase with all the bad news, but the problem is inventory is still low. Very low. So to 40 days on market, which is crazy. It's still a seller's market. Oh, seller's absolutely. Or anything, anything under 60 days on average days on market is it still a seller's market. Right. So here, here's how this kind of plays into what you just said, Dawn, because uh, we, we look at uh, supply and demand, you know, just like in other uh, places in the economy. So what we see here is month supply of inventory was up 46%. So that sounds like a lot, but look at what it is up to. It's 1.9 months. Well, and consider, um, right, exactly, in less than two months, which means right. that what translates that, that translates into if nobody else listed their house today, moving forward, it, our inventory would run out in 44 days. Yeah. Yep. Right. So exactly. it's, a, it's, like you said, it's a seller's market. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and let's put that inventory into perspective again, because in 2020, uh, the inventory started to bottleneck and we had lower inventory and then we had lower inventory and we had fewer pendings and fewer closings because our in- inventory was lower. So then in 2022, it kind of started to loosen up again, right? And we started to see higher inventory and higher inventory, but our inventory went down to so low that even though we've got more inventory, we're still at low inventory. There's still a housing shortage for people who want to move. It's starting to normalize again, right? But that's why we're looking at those days on market still being so low and we're still in a seller's market. It's not slowing down. Right. And so these are indicators we're seeing. This is why we're saying we don't see a crash because people still need houses to buy and there's just no inventory. Let me interject something here. We're saying it's a buy a seller's market, but on the other hand, if we look at statistics, it's also a buyer's market. That if your houses are going up ten, fifteen, twenty percent a year, it's a time to buy. Right. It's a good time to buy. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, right. Um, we we were talking about housing, and we're still buying and selling properties even in the market that we're in. And so, you know, this is how places like, uh, you know, we were talking about this morning off air, Mr. Jordan. Yes, sir. 
So how these online iBuyers, the way they operate is they use algorithms. And their algorithm is basically <laughs> saying, hey, we're, we're going to buy a house, and it looks like we might be overpaying, but we know that if prices are going up 17%, and next year we forecast the same, or maybe it's not going to go up 17%, maybe it'll only go up 12%. That's a 5% reduction, but it's still going up. So, you know, they'll, they'll go ahead and make a purchase and then anticipate that the market's going to go up. And so they make their money on the anticipated rise of value, not just on uh, buying it at a huge, huge discount. Right. Yeah, but you know that Zillow lost $350 billion in one quarter last year, trusting their own algorithm with their eyes. That's right. right. Dawn, that's a perfect place for a break. <laughs> My word, how could you time that any better? And we're going to talk about this when we come back on the other side as well. I think we're back. I think so. Okay, good. I'm back. You're back? Yeah. Dawn, are you back? Didn't go far. I'm here. All right, I'm so here. we're all back. How about that? So we made it. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, the Mr. Producer stayed with us, too. He's here. Thank goodness for that, because none of us would be here. That's right. We would not be back. So uh, we're glad to be back. Uh, this is Palmetto Real Estate Pros. And uh, we were talking about these, uh, you know, how the the values are still increasing and uh, how a lot of the iBuyers come in and they look at uh, algorithms. And a lot of times that's how they determine they're going to buy is they look at an algorithm and say, okay, the values are going up. We'll, we'll buy, buy, buy. The problem is when the market changes and it can change quickly, it could, you know, something can happen and it can change COVID who thought that that would have happened. It, and it happens quickly. Usually the, the, uh, things that, that, uh, I mean, that, that change things drastically are sudden, something people didn't expect like covid um the market crash even in you know the great depression i mean it was you could see it coming but a lot of the people in it were like oh this will never happen and so we we as a local investors we look at what's happening on the ground and uh usually we can we can say you know hey we're we're seeing the data and uh, you know the the thing is if if um as a homeowner if you're buying or selling and you make a mistake on buying, and you're moving in a house to live in it, it's not like the end of the world. We're all kind of in the same boat. If things crash drastically, we're kind of all stuck Everybody's there. there that don't yeah, so home. it's not like, you know, you're not, you're not stupid for moving in a house and buying it. And especially in this kind of market, you think, I'm just going to wait. That's not really the right move. And, and even in the, uh, the NAR article, NAR, the National Association of Realtors, they mentioned that, rentals have gone up so much and we've talked about this before too that it's it doesn't really save you anything by not going ahead and buying something right no, now and the rental price is out rising higher than the for sale price of a house right percentage wise and so one of the things we want to talk about is the investing side and one of the models that we've heard a lot of and you know we didn't use this particular model but i mean it works um, it's this this uh, buying, if you're an investor, this Burr model, and you, you got Burr right. It's it's B U, not B U. It's B R R R R. So it's four R's. 
B with four R's. So burr. So what in the world is that? So some of you guys may have heard this. It's, it's very popular right now. And uh, basically what it stands for is the first B, you can probably imagine, means you buy something. So the first thing you need to do is buy something. Really? First yes. Step. So you have to get something. And so the second one is rehab. So you're going to buy something. You're going to rehab something. And these two are interesting because you have to buy something. And then the rehab, what you're assuming here is that you're buying something at enough of a discount because you're going to, the discount comes because it needs rehab. So. Or renovations. Yes. Or renovations. Rehab, rent, refi, and repeat. So those are the three things. We'll talk about that some more. Um, do we have a caller? We got Dawn. Okay, we, we have Erica. This is perfect. We got Dawn. We got Dawn and we have Erica. <laughs> Erica, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful. How are y'all? That's great. We're great, girl. Good to hear from you. So what you got for us this week? We've had kind of a busy week in the, the market. It kind of was toggling a little bit. We had a little bit worse pricing yesterday, but um, we had a huge move on Tuesday, which for y'all, you're not. it's going to sound like French to you, but we had a 50-bit movement. 50 basis points is pretty big. Um, so that means that the, the market – sorry, my child. Um, it means that the market is kind of settling out. It's kind of getting used to where rates are, which is good because that's basically what needs to happen for things to – Semi get next. I know. They, sorry, guys. I have to take my kids to go meet their teachers. So you can imagine the morning I've had. Well, thank you for calling. Uh, <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm sorry that you have to be privy to the circus that is the West household with all boys. But all right. uh, we are getting used to it. Rates are still mid, mid fives to high fives, depending on if you're investment property. You may be in the sixes, um, but that's still pretty great. It's not, it's not bad. Um, if you look at it over the whole course of rate history, we're, we're holding pretty steady. Um, like we said, there's, it's projected that we're going to hit a, what they would call a true recession, which Chad and I have talked in circles about this because they seem to be changing the definition of what that really is. Right. Um, but a lot of people, Fannie and Freddie, think it's going to come first quarter of 2023. And when it does, we, we most likely will see right, rates kind of uh, tumble down a little bit more. Right. Yeah, so they, they're trying to tame um, the inflation, and, and if there's a recession, it means people are spending less and less activity, which lowers inflation. That's not the way we want to lower inflation, though, is by going into a recession. But, you know, we, we have folks that keep spending money like it's not going to have any effect whatsoever. So we have to deal with, uh, with what we have and, and pay, the, pay it back somehow. I, I have a payback somehow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, I have a question for you. Yeah, so um, it's really trendy right now for buyers, either sellers, to offer uh, uh, credit, like uh, the interest rate buy down points, or for buyers to buy them. What does that look like, and how does that change the uh, interest rate or their payment? So you mean like just paying discount points? Yeah, discount points. Exactly, buying discount points. Um, so there are two things. If I would not spend more than to a, uh, one percentage point in discount points because of all the things that we're talking about, one discount point is one percentage of the loan amount. So, um, that's the most that I would spend and it better not be to get an eighth of a point difference. 
Um, if you pay a percentage point, hopefully that gets you from, you know, 5.875 to five and a quarter. So that's really what we're looking for. <laughs> so, Erica. <laughs> Thank y'all. Yes. But that's, I wouldn't pay more than that because we said rates are going to come down and you won't be able to recoup that cost. So just be cognizant when you're looking at buying down rates um, that you're, you're not overpricing or going to basically shoot yourself in the foot because you can't get that money back if you refinance in the future to a lower rate. And what I hear you saying, Erica, and what I want the folks to understand is if you're thinking about doing that or if you're offering that, if you're selling your house, use a professional that can understand because you've just mentioned a lot of numbers there, which could be confusing yeah. if you don't do this every day. You, you rattled them off because confusing. you do it every day. But one true. point does not... True. You know, there's a cost for everything that you do, and it may not be worth the cost that you want. You know, what you're looking to do may not be worth what you think it is. So you need to well, talk to someone. Yes, and consumers often hear one discount point, and they think one percentage point. Those are not the same. Those are not the same thing. You're not getting a percentage point discount by paying one discount point. So just buyers beware. Make sure to look, look at your fees. And if you are using someone else and you have questions, I'm more than happy to walk through their sheet with you and really show you where their fees are and what, what fee is paying for what. Exactly. So, guys, if you want to get Erica, you can go to our website, palmettorealestatepros.com, and click on the link. It's right there. Listen to Erica's show on Tuesdays at 9 o'clock. Make sure you're working with a professional that can go through the information with you. If you call someone, a lender or someone, say, hey, here's what I want to do. And they don't stop you and say, wait a second, let's go through that and see what that looks like. Then you're probably not working with the right person because you need to understand all the cost because, you know, there's difference in the rate and the APR. All these different things are, that are rolled into your loan and, and the cost of all of it. So, Erica, we appreciate you calling. And uh, hopefully, thank you for dealing with my crazy kids. Absolutely, I oh, we love your kids. That's right. We need them for an inter interview like one day. Well, they're trying to take care. Sure. Of <laughs> yes, we, we can do it. But I hope y'all have a great weekend. And if you need anything, my contact information is on uh, Chad and Larry's website. Um, I'm available. Just let me know what I can do to help. Absolutely. And on Tuesday mornings at what is it? Nine or ten a.m. Nine to ten nine on one point. That's right. Thank you, Erica. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Erica. So this is good because all these things factor in when you're buying a house or selling a house. And, you know, we see more, there's going to be more creativity with rates and selling and buying as rates go up. Because uh, one of the things we see as rates go up, you more people are pushed out either out of the market or to a lower price range. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a little a point on the point radio station here if you're looking to buy a home be careful of going online there's nothing with some of the lenders online but it's good sometimes like Erica to be able, Erica to be able to sit down face to face with that lender and let them walk you through it slowly that's right because we get advertisements all the time I'm sure Dawn we're in the industry so if you ever go on to a website to get information about loans or something you'll probably get lots of them because they know what you're looking at, you know, right? They track us. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I saw one the other day that said 2.75% interest rate for a 30-year for a mortgage. Now, I know looking at that, there's no way, unless they are, have a serious buy-down of points 
but they don't tell you that in the initial ad. You have to click on it, ask them, and so it's an online deal, which nothing wrong with that, but you've got to ask questions. Yes. And so, it's, like I say, it's better to see somebody face-to-face always when you're talking about a lot of money. That's yep. right. So we've got two minutes to our break, but what we were talking about was this burr. Burr. <laughs> That's right. Burr. Model. So, Dawn, how many times have you heard investors mention this when they're talking to you? Oh, my gosh. Like multiple times over the last many years because, it, you know, we work with so many investors. And it's a buy and hold method. It's not like one of those uh, fix and flips, right? This is a buy and hold technique where they buy something that needs a lot of renovations and then they uh, renovate it or, or rehab it, and then they rent it uh, in this new, you know, updated state, so they're getting a much higher rent value for the home or for the property, and then they refinance it, and they take the money that they put into, sometimes often uh, recap what the buy price was as well as what the renovation costs were because, you know, they've created an entirely new value for the property, so they're taking the money back out uh, by refinancing it. They're taking the money that they put into it back out of it, and then they repeat. They take that money and put it into another house right. or another, you know, it could, this works the, well for commercial properties as well. So it's buy, rent, buy, rehab, rent, refi, repeat. Right. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the differences in commercial and residential a little bit with this particular business model, because it is a little different. I mean, there's, it's good. It's not a bad model. It, this is a, this is a buy and hold model. So if you're flipping, you're going to buy rehab, not rent and not rehab, but then hopefully you'll repeat. You don't just do one. And we'll also talk about, you know, some of the investors to be wary of. Right. So we only got a couple seconds here. So hold on through the break. We'll see you on the other side. We're back. It is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros.com. You've got Larry, the wise one, Jordan, Dawn. We're working up to be wise like the wise one, Dawn. Title like Larry. <laughs> That's right. We're we're getting there slowly. So um, we're back. It's uh, the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. You can call in at 803-799-TALK. It's 803-799-8255 if you have a question or comment. We're talking about real estate, in particular the Burr model of real estate. And we Burr. had mentioned before, that's right, so the buy, this means... Buy, rehab, rent, refi, repeat. So you're making the house. This is this is uh, what is forced appreciation. This is what this looks like. You're buying something, and you're doing things to make the value higher. Now, Chad, you said something right before we left the office about this process. Are they looking for any kind of house or a certain margin of type house? I think I think the if any investor has their own business model. What we were talking about was like the online, one of the on by, online buyers we were referring to, their business model, they do not buy anything below 1960, and they only buy properties between one hundred twenty-five dollars to $500,000. They don't like the luxury, and they don't like low, low end. And the reason why is because low, low end is 
could be like in an area that they don't want to be in. And the high end luxury is harder, maybe not harder, but it's your, your, uh, your, your pool of buyers, the higher up you go, the, the less buyers are in that There's buyer pool. A lot more financial risk. Right. Sure. And, and the people are, you know, can, can afford to be more picky. So Correct. you can't just do cookie cutter, you know, flooring, paint, whatever. I mean, you, I guess you could. Well, they're trying to get the median income. They're trying to get where the most buyers are. Correct. Most investors are probably going to be the same. I mean, there's some that may specialize in like a lower end, but most want to be in a place where, you know, most of the buyers are. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about this process, though, this buy, rehab, rent, refi, and repeat. And um, we mentioned that we were going to talk a little bit about the differences in commercial and residential. And so on the residential side of commercial, you have to have five-plus units. Anything below five is considered residential. So if you have a quadruplex, it's still considered residential. Um, you know, uh, uh, and you can still get like a conventional loan, right, or a VA loan, or even an FHA loan for up to four units. That's right. So it's it's not a bad thing. It's just it's it's residential, and so we should have asked Erica about this a little bit because when you go to true commercial, like if you had a um, um, a strip center, and I say that in class, and people say, "What what are you talking about, strip center? <laughs> We're talking about like a strip mall." Okay, <laughs> it's like where where businesses are, numerous businesses, where retail establishments are, Dentist not pole building, offices. pole uh, dancing, dollar stores. Yeah. So this is what well, we're talking guess, about. When we I say strip centers. Could be the pole dancing, but we won't go there. Yes, thank you. We'll we'll stay away from that for now. Yeah. So, but this is this is a uh, one of the things that's different about the commercial side and the residential side because if you're going to buy rehab and rent. Um, and you let's just say you rehab it and you get a renter right away, it's all good, and you just got a renter this week. Dawn, can you go to the bank and refinance that right now? No. No, not in a uh, residential. See, the residential, they want to see seasoning. And it's a, a thing that, that you're going to hear over and over if you're buying residential and you rehab it. Um, I mean, you may be able to get a refinance it, but they want to see, even if you were just going to refinance it with no tenant, you probably, they probably want to see 90 days ownership with a, with a FHA conventional. um, Here's another thing is when you refinance with a tenant in place, oftentimes banks will still only give you a 75% loan to value ratio. So 75% of what the value of the home is, the after repair value or ARV, after renovation value, banks will only give you 75% of that. Right, or of the th- rental amount. Of so the rental amount, right. correct. So if you're getting $1,000 a month, they're going to give you 750 basically credit, credit if you will, for, yeah. for it. You know, And so that's, they want to see a tenant that's in there long term. $1,000 a month, according to the bank, is only earning you $750. Right, and they're, they're basically calculating their risk so that you know if they have to take the house back, they know what they're looking at. So... The difference here with uh, this the seasoning term with commercial, if you have a commercial building and you've got four commercial tenants, you, you don't rent the same way typically. You're not going to sign a one-year lease. I mean, you could, but that doesn't really create value. And um, Dawn, do you remember the rule of thumb for a property, a commercial building that's 
uh, a lease can have no value whatsoever if it's less than three years old. Right. Or not or three years it, old. If, but, if there's less than three years left on that lease right. on a commercial building, a bank could look at it and say, yeah, but that it may as well be vacant because that lease on the commercial building is under three years. Right. So, so you want to get that lease re-signed or re-upped or have another tenant in line or in place with another new lease signed. Yeah, so correct. So this same business model, the Burr model, uh, if you think buy, rehab, rent, refi, repeat, works with commercial as well. Because let's just say you bought this building, it's got four tenants in it, um, or three tenants. Let's say it's got three tenants. Two of the tenants have, um, uh, you know, one-year lease, a two-year lease, three-year lease, whatever, and you re-up those leases to five-year leases, you've increased the value just by changing the terms of those leases so it, it, uh, the bank looks at it totally different totally different because you have a long-term stable income flow now mm -hmm. long term it, it might be an anchor tenant that you get in there it um it just it it immediately increases the value of the property if and and you know there are a lot of uh, strip malls or just businesses in general that are vacant right now. So if you're driving around and seeing vacant strip malls or vacant properties, chances are those are going to be good candidates to buy. <laughs> and, um, and there's a lot of add value there because uh, it's an undervalued property if it's empty and not making money right now. So there's a lot of ways to add value to that, just like in, in residential property only when it's commercial property, you tend to add a zero to everything, including your profits. Which is good. So, you know, there could be more risk, but in, in some ways it's less risky. Well, what do we call it? Just move the decimal. That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's the same process in a lot of ways. I mean, maybe not the exact same because no. your, your leases are structured differently, all those things. But you want to get as long-term as possible. Uh, and a stable tenant, you know, I mean, when a bank is looking at it, I'm, I'm sure they're going to look at what you would want to look at. If you're an owner, if you own the place, you would want to see, does the income, do you have the income to support whatever the payment is? How long have you been in business? What does your cash flow look like? Um, where were you at before? What are you moving to? You know, these are basic questions that you want to get answered, but these are the same kind of questions you probably want to get from a tenant. I mean, we've had we've got a single-family house right now. We're renting. Uh, I'm thinking of the one that you have, Mr. Jordan. How many people have you turned down? Well, we've had about ten. I've turned three of them down. The other ones just couldn't afford to rent. So that's what we look at. Okay, um, rental. We do a rental verification. Who are you renting from now? And if they stand with mom and dad, that's a concern. Got two of those. Right, because and if that's the only place you've ever stayed with mom and dad and you're 40 years old, 30 years old, um, you know, I mean, it happens. And they're saying, well, I want to get out of the house. Well, that's that's going to cause a problem because you, you're not paying any rent. Uh, one of the folks that we looked at this week was, um, you know, they were staying at their aunt's house and they said they've been paying their aunt rent. I called the aunt because I'm doing a rental verification. The aunt says, well, you know, they're good. You know, I thought, well, do they pay you? Sometimes. Well, when I ask for money, they'll pay me. I said, so are they paying you regularly? No, but that's not what they said on the application. It's the same process when you're doing commercial. You want to find out the history. What have you been doing? 
And it's just like the data we're talking about with real estate when we talk, we do the show. The best way to indicate the future is look at the past data. I mean, it's it's all you have to go on. You can't predict the future, but you can look and see, okay, what has the history been like? Right. And you got to think, though, because a bank is going to do the same thing. If you're looking at refinancing anything, the bank is going to do what – if you don't do it, the bank is going to want to know um, who is this person – Think about it, Don. If if you have a a regional tenant, so or a national tenant like Starbucks, do you think that has more value than having a mom and pop store that so has no coffee. history? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So it's the same process. And it's because you know Starbucks will come in. It's a known brand. They have a they have an immediate following. Uh, if they have a slow month, they're still going to be able to pay that rent or pay that lease space. Um, if, you know, COVID shuts down, they're still going to be, you know, COVID shut everything down. They're still going to be able to pay that lease space as opposed to go out of business. They have longevity. Right. So you, you have regional tenants, you have national tenants, you have local tenants. And so, uh, and you have your local, so like, um, Russia's for instance, I mean, they, they build their own places, but they're, I think they're only in South Carolina. So if you go to other states, you're not going to see a rushes, but we would know that's probably a solid, they're, they're going to, yeah, they're a solid company. So we would know those things. And, you know, you have to kind of get a little invasive when you're renting something. You need to know, tell me about your financials. How long have you been on the job? How much money's in the bank? You know, you have to know these things. And if someone doesn't want to give you the information, then you have to move on. You have to say next. You have to. And, uh, you know, we've heard all the stories. I'm sure Dawn has heard the stories. I, I really need to go. I, I've got a bad situation. And you feel bad, but you don't want to take on the problem oh, and then end up yeah. being in a worse situation. People say I've got to get out because I've got a bad situation and my my landlord prosecutes me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're going to adopt Ooh, red flag. <laughs> exactly. So we've only got, what, 30 seconds or so here. But as, when we come back, maybe we'll talk about some of these things and, and how to find if you're going to use this business model, which is not a bad model, making sure you find the right property. And, you know, just as important as finding the right property is finding the right tenant right. because that can ruin you just as bad as finding the wrong property. So uh, there's things that you could do that are wrong, but there's a lot of things you could do that just put some guardrails up that help you make solid decisions uh, as you move forward. Stay in the right lane. Stay in the right lane. Stay in the lane. Don't go outside the lanes. That's where we get in trouble. So got only a few seconds. Hang on there. Palmetto Real Estate Pros. We'll see you in a few. earplugs in his ear so he can hear you guys when you call him and say hello to him uh, we are here this this is larry and don is still with us and we're talking about of all things real estate we're talking about how to buy and rent and rehab refi and repeat that process so how many times can you repeat it 
as you can repeat it as many times as you would like. Uh, That's the good part. And real estate is going to be with us for how long, Chef? As long as people need a place to stay. And and, uh, we... And like we mentioned on another show, everything we touch and, and uh, ride our cars on, everything is real estate. So real estate is here for as long as we're here. As long as the earth is here, there'll be real estate. There'll even be real estate when we're in the ground. Yeah, because that's where you'll be. You'll <laughs> be surrounded it, by it. At, at which point, how much space does a person really, how much land does a person really need? Isn't it like Tolstoy wrote, it was a six by six foot square. And that's right. Exactly. That's perfect. And, you know, and, unless you're cremated, you probably still even have to pay for the ground you're buried in. That's right. Or the wall if you're in uh, yeah. Arlington. Yes. Um, so uh, my grandmother was, uh, she's in a mausoleum. And uh, I know my daughter used to always ride by there. Says, "Why is Granny in the wall?" <laughs> <laughs> so, but we had to pay for the wall. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, we digress because yeah. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> renting. Let's talk about life. <laughs> yes, this, that's that's part of morbid, literally. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> yes. So you know this this uh, this model for buying, renting, and rehabbing and uh, refinancing a property. Yeah. yeah. So. It's, it's different based on what you want to do. If you want to stay in the residential lane, then you're going to want to buy properties that make sense. I mean, you don't want to buy a property. Uh, you know, let's just say a house is worth $300,000. We use this term a lot, this ARV, which stands for the after-repaired value. So before you buy something, you need to know what the repaired, after you repair it, what the value would be. Or a and, date, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to know that. So when you buy it, so if the house needs 10 in work, it just needs cosmetics, maybe carpet and paint, uh, maybe ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. Then you're going to know that, okay, when I buy this, I need to buy it less than two eighty-five. dollars I mean, after repaired value. hopefully much less than that because you need some room in there. And this is kind of the conversation we have with folks when we're talking to individual folks. If we're not, if it's not an institutional seller, what we're talking with folks about is they say, hey, I want to sell my house quick. We're looking at the numbers, and we tell them. You know, there's no secrets here. Right. Uh, how we're looking at the house. Okay, you need this amount of work, and you need to, uh, this is the things that need to be done so I can buy the house just like it sits. Um, so instead of 285 I may need to be at 250 and you may think, well, why 250 That seems so low. The house is worth three, 300 But don't, isn't there holding cost? Isn't there, okay, could repairs be overrun a little or a lot? Might you have to pay some real estate agent? Right. There could be commissions if we're going to sell it. So we're not just looking at one exit strategy. You know, although this Burr model is your exit strategy is to rent it. But what if something happens and you're like, there's a family emergency and you just need to sell it? Mm-hmm. You, you need to think about more than one exit. At least two, maybe three Multi- exits. Multiple exits. Just in case. Yep. And the best way to have multiple exits is to buy it with enough room that you can exit and be whole. At least whole. Yep. So if I bought it at 250 could I, if something happened in our family, a sickness or something... I could just sell it and get the 250 back. Correct. I mean, so you can at least be whole. You know, I don't have time to do the rehab. I, I can't invest anymore. Other things take precedent, and we got to move on. 
So you got to think through that process when you're buying, and uh, sometimes the the excitement of getting in, you can you can look at numbers, especially that first person you talk to that says, "Oh, I want to work with you. I like you," but you can't get to the number. Sometimes you just have to walk away. What do we call that? It's your maximum offer. Right there, and just don't move. Right, and so those are some things you have to look at, and so. And this is the conversation we have because we're also licensed agents, which is good. I think it's it's helped us. We, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it really we'll does. tell people the truth. Yeah, because what our conversation is, and, and Dawn knows this very well, too, because as a licensee, we must disclose that we're a licensee because I can help you sell your house. So if I'm buying your house, our, our, our relationship is a little different yeah. because – if I'm buying your house, I'm not your agent. I'm looking to do what's in my best interest. You're looking to do what's in your best interest. I'm not representing you. And so we tell people that. If I buy your house, I'm still an agent, but I'm not acting in the agent capacity. I'm, I'm representing my own interests right. in because I'm the buyer. Right. And the other side of that, though, Dawn, which is really great, is you can also say, you know what? But if you need more money, I understand that. It's your house. You can do what you want with it. Why don't you let me help you sell it? Then my relationship changes. I'm no longer trying to get the best price I can and trying to negotiate, you know, maybe it may seem hard because I'm, I need to get a, I need to get a good enough deal to buy it. Now I can help you get as much as you can for your house. The role changes. That's exactly what we did yesterday. Right. We gave someone the choice and you know what they said? Just, just list the house. Help me list the house. I trust you because you tell people the truth. We can buy the house at this number, and I'm not, an a, uh, I'm not your agent. I'm acting on my own account, not for you necessarily. Or I can sell it, and then I'm acting for you. I just, you know, we still have to be honest. You know, your house may not be worth 300 as it sits. It might only sell for 275 on the open market, 260 265 We, we tell people the truth. Well, and let's go back to that Burr method, right? So, uh, when you buy a house, you have you have to consider um, the percentage. So most most people, most investors that I know, their formula is they will take seventy percent of the after repair value, and then subtract, and sometimes it's sixty five percent. You know, so people have different numbers in that way, but minimum seventy percent of that after repair value. Uh, and then subtract how much renovation costs are, and that's their maximum offer. And the reason we look at that 70% is, especially in the Burr method, um, you know, there's holding costs, there's taxes, uh, surprises along the way. If you're going to sell it and fix it, flip it, right, you've got uh, realtor fees to pay oftentimes. Um, but also if you're going to buy, rent, uh, buy renovate, rent, and refi, the bank is only going to loan you 85% of, or 80% of that ARV amount. They're only going to give you back 80% of what that house is worth in the open market. And that's because um, they want to see at least 20% interest. They want collateral. Um, collateral, so, yeah. Yeah, if they have to take the house back, they want room so that they can take it back because there's cost. You know, guess what the bank's thinking? The same thing. Okay. There's, ho so, there's holding costs. There's costs right. associated with taking a house back and selling it so if that house is worth three hundred thousand dollars 
in the uh, after repair value, the bank is only going to give you back $240,000 because that's 80% of the value. So you got to be sh sure to, you know, get your numbers right when you're looking at these things. Right. So this is not an owner-occupied house. So you have Correct. to keep that in mind. An owner-occupied house, you get, um, you know, your you, you can refinance it for maybe the full amount of what you what it appraises for or may, or close but on a rental house that you're not living in they're not going to give you that much money back um, it's it's more of a risk and their thought the bank's logic in this is you don't live in this house so which house are you going to let go of first the house that you live in or the house that you don't live in so they're thinking you know if you're going to if there's financial problems in your life, you're going to stop making payments on the house they look that you a, don't live in. They look at a rental as a liability. And and your home as an asset. And if you've ever read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's the complete opposite. Or ca mm -hmm. cash flow quadrant. It totally it's is. the opposite. Because mm -hmm. my house that I'm living in really is costing me money every month. Yep. I only pay for that. It doesn't help me make money. Because I'm not renting it out, I can't make any money on it while I'm living in it. But rentals bring you income. Right. So <laughs> one of our old uh, guys that we talked to, um, Ron Legrand, used to say that um, if you want to ruin a good investment, move into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, you know, but there, you, you are making money when, you, when you're living in their house because there is that forced depreciation. You get tax credits. You get to write off your interest and things like that. So don't think you're not making money, but it's just a different, a completely different type of cash flow. One, you're paying off yourself, whereas the rental you'll let somebody else paying it, pay it off for you. So there is the difference that way for right. sure. Right. So it has no no value. It's not that it's no value. It's just you're not you're not making money. It's it's value is that you get to live in a place. You have a roof over your head. You yes. get to have a place where your family resides. Yes, all that stuff is great. You want a nice place to live. That's good. Um, the point is your your assets and your uh, income is going to come from the stuff that you own that you're not living in that you can rent out let other people help you pay for so um, Dawn this has been great so uh, we've we've talked about this Burr method we even touched on commercial residential wide scope today so uh shopping centers yes it was very good we even talked about strip malls and we had to clarify yeah, we, what that means strip <laughs> everything's in the definition yes Yes, I should have said strip mall, I guess, would be better than a strip center. You know, maybe that would have helped. But, um, yeah, this is where we're at. And so we're looking at commercial stuff. Look, if you're out there listening and you come across something, you're like, there seems to be value there, but I just don't know what to do with it. Hey, feel free call. to call us. And, um, you know, we're, we'll look at anything, even if it's not in our state. Um, because, there's va you know, if there's value there, you know, and there's there's – employment and the economies or the economy of the place is good there it may be possible to do something that makes sense so we're going to have to pause right there for a whole week we will see you guys next week with the palmetto real estate pros join us then see you later admit it You've been woken out of a home improvement fever dream after an HGTV binge session and believed you could be a house flipper. Well, that dream is more realistic than you thought. 
Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Learn more at palmettoreg.com. Okay, everybody, listen up. Us cockroaches, we need to stick together. These bed bugs are taking over, and we ain't gonna let that happen. So I brought me in some reinforcements. Say hello to Mike. The exterminator? Hey, settle down. Take it easy. He's on our side. And after I wipe out the bed bugs, I'm coming for you guys next. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. Test problems? Not on our watch. Call the experts at Palmetto Exterminators. Online at palmettoexterminators.net. WQXL Columbia W264DF. Grills, outdoor kitchens, fireplaces. Summer sizzle starts with Bart. This is 107. The point. The point.